Welcome to season two of Nebula Cat Storytime. We are super excited about all the stories that we have in store for you. I'm Little E. And I'm Mama T. Today's story is called Nebula Cat First Encounter. Oh, yeah, baby. You might be wondering why it's called Nebula Cat when our podcast is called Nebula Cat Storytime. The reason is because me and Mama T thought what better than to make Nebula Cat Storytime and then make a story about a Nebula Cat from outer space. Get ready to blast off my cute little nebulizers. And remember, if there's a word you don't know, just pause the story and look it up or ask someone, and then keep that story party going. Now, let me look at story time begin. Oh, yeah. The Nebula Cat Story. First encounter. There were three astronauts. They were strapped into their seats in a pod. The captain, Dr. Violet, pressed a button and said, All checks clear over here. Over. Uh, This is mission control, a voice responded. All clear on this end, too, ready to launch. Good luck, team. Countdown starting in five, four, three, two, one. Launch initiated. The astronauts felt the pod rumbling around them. And then, whoosh, up into the air they flew. Their faces felt all wiggly and jiggly as the pressure of the launch pushed against them. And they climbed higher and higher and higher into the sky until they were out of Earth's atmosphere and in outer space. They were all seasoned astronauts, and I don't mean seasoning like salt and pepper. I mean, they had done it many times before. But what made this mission different was that something new was discovered about a year ago. It was a nebula, smaller than any other nebula that had ever been discovered. And it was way closer The closest nebula that anybody knew about before this was so far away that you could spend your entire life on a spaceship, and even if you lived a hundred years, you wouldn't be anywhere near it. This new nebula was so close to Earth that it looked like astronauts could probably fly to it in just a couple of days. For those of you who missed the definition of a nebula in our first season, it's basically a big space cloud. But instead of being made up of water like the clouds on Earth, it's made up of all kinds of different gases that smoosh together and they make really pretty colors. Usually in science, whoever discovers something new gets to name it. And the astronomer who first spotted this new nebula thought it looked a lot like a rodent head. So she called it the Murine Nebula. Murine means mouse-like. And Murine Nebula sounds a lot more scientific than giant rat head nebula. The whole world was excited about the Murine Nebula. Scientists from all over worked together to figure out how astronauts could safely explore this astrological phenomena. Now, one year after its discovery, three astronauts, Dr. Violet, Dr. Hong, and Dr. Rosa, were on the mission that all these people had worked so hard to get organized. They were in a special new shuttle that looked like an egg, not like your traditional rocket ship. And it had this protective outer layer to protect against any dangerous substances that the nebula might kick off. They also had special suits that had the similar protective layer This mission was such a big deal that schools all over the world stopped class to watch the space launch on the TV. In one classroom, a little girl was bouncing up and down in her seat saying, Look, you guys, that's my neighbor. She waved at the TV. Hi, Dr. 
Rosa! Another little girl in her class who was a bit annoyed because Mary kept talking about her neighbor going to space said, You know he can't hear you, right? Mary didn't care, though. She was just too excited. She watched the little space egg on the TV going higher into the sky. And then a commercial came on. The teacher turned off the TV and it was back to school as usual. In space now, Dr. Violet flipped a switch and he said to the rest of the crew, All right, everyone. It's safe to unstrap your safety belts. Everybody clicked out of their harnesses. Dr. Hong said out loud, Ugh, this feeling never gets old. Dr. Violet and Dr. Rosa both agreed as they floated up, up into the air of the pod. How could they float, Mama T? Well, you see, there's no gravity in space, little E. And gravity is what keeps our feet firmly planted to the ground here on Earth. Okay, Mom, now back. To the amazing story! A couple of days later, they arrived at the outskirts of the Murine Nebula. Dr. Violet said, This is amazing. The colors are so beautiful. He could see colors of purple and pink and blue, all moving and changing as little gas particles smacked against each other. But then he could also see the blackness of outer space. Kind of like how you can see a ghost, at least in movies, but then you also can see everything behind it. Dr. Hong was busy taking snapshots of the nebula, doing calculations, and Dr. Rosa was donning or putting on his special spacesuit. He was going to be the one to go out and do a spacewalk first. The whole time they had been communicating with Mission Control as well. They also had a live camera feed so that people all over could see what was happening. Dr. Rosa entered the antechamber, which is the area between where the main space pod is and outer space, so that there's a buffer between the two. He entered that in a spacesuit. He got connected to the cord that was going to allow him to be tethered in space so that he didn't just float away in the nebula. That would be scary. And then he gave a thumbs up to his teammates. He pressed a big green button on the side of the antechamber, and the door to outer space and to the Murine Nebula opened. As soon as the pod was exposed, though, all of the communications with Mission Control were lost. There was no more video, no more talking. Dr. Violet was saying, Mission Control, Mission Control, come in, Mission Control, come in. <laughs> Nothing. He looked at all of the instruments, and the ship was working well otherwise. Dr. Hong looked at him, questioning, and Dr. Violet nodded. And Dr. Hong said, Hey, Rosa, we lost our feed with Mission Control, but everything else is working okay. If anything changes, I'm going to pull you in. And Dr. Rosa said, Okay, got it. I'm going. Dr. Rosa moved farther out into space, closer to the nebula. He had a collection device and multiple little containers so that he could put samples of the nebula into them and they could study them later. Who knows what they would find? It was all just too exciting. He had butterflies all up and down his belly. He opened a container as he got close enough to see little particles, and he scooped through the nebula. Then he closed the container, put it away safely, then got out the next container. Dr. Hong said, You doing okay out there, Rosa? And he said, Si, senora. Does it look any different now that you're in it? Dr. Rosa replied, I feel like I'm floating through a dream. Dr. Rosa finished his nebula spacewalk, came back in, got out of his spacesuit, cleaned himself completely off because who knows what he encountered out there. And then they took all of the samples and put them away safely. 
Then Dr. Violet said, all right, Hong, you're up. Dr. Hong got dressed in her brand new spacesuit, and she went into the antechamber, pressed the big green button when everything was ready. The door opened, and she drifted into space. When she got into the nebula, she agreed. It does feel like a dream. It's like I'm in a psychedelic cartoon. I'm so glad that we got to do this mission. Dr. Hong's spacewalk was about two hours after Dr. Rosa's, so the space egg had moved a little bit in the nebula. She collected some more samples, and then she came back, got all rinsed off, put away those samples. Dr. Rosa looked at Dr. Violet and said, Neither of us grew a donkey tail. Your turn, Captain. Dr. Violet was so excited. He was a pretty serious guy, but he was actually bouncing a little bit. He was shaking as he put on his suit. He was nervous, and he was surprised by that. Dr. Hong said, You're going to be fine. It's amazing. Just enjoy it. Dr. Violet looked at her, and he said, Thanks, Hong. He finished putting on his special suit, went into the antechamber, pressed the green button, after he got tethered, of course, and then he did a front flip into space. Dr. Rosa told him, Well, I guess you're over your heebie-jeebies. I don't know what you're talking about, responded Dr. Violet sarcastically. He floated, he grabbed his samples, and then he said, Wait, is that a hole? Did you guys see any black spots while you were out here? Dr. Rosa said, Well, there's space all around you. That's black. And Dr. Violet said, No, it's it's different. I'm going to let out a little more tether. And he floated farther and farther. He said, Are we still out of communication with mission control? And Dr. Hong replied, Yes, sir, we sure are. Then Dr. Violet asked, And the video feeds are down? Yes. Why? What is it? Questioned Dr. Hong. And Dr. Violet said, I don't believe what I'm seeing. Give me 30 seconds and then pull me back to the ship. Dr. Violet reached out and grabbed this dark object out of the nebula. He pulled it in towards himself and he just couldn't believe what his eyes were seeing. It looked like a cat, a black cat. How could that be? And was it dead? Then the cat turned its head and looked up at him. Oh, no, it wasn't dead. It was very much alive. None of this made any sense. There was no living object that we as a human species knew of that could survive without protection in outer space. Then he felt himself getting yanked back. He had to make a very quick decision. If he went into the pod and this little cat was surviving in outer space then the different atmosphere in the pod might really hurt it or even kill it. That would be terrible. But then the cat was all by itself floating through a nebula, so it didn't feel right to let it go either. Dr. Violet didn't know anything about this cat. Was it a cat? So many questions as he got pulled closer and closer to the pod, the decision becoming more imminent. Should he let it go? Well, now he was coming out of the nebula. What if he let it go and it needed the nebula? It was too late. He was in the pod. The antechamber door closed, and he was holding the cat. He looked at it, worried, feeling excited and terrible at the same time if anything were to happen to it. He looked down at the beautiful, sleek black cat and said, Are you still alive? The cat looked up at him again with entrancing golden eyes. And then, spontaneously, which means all of a sudden, its sides started to move, like it was breathing. Dr. Violet sighed, a big sigh of relief. Then he went into the main pod. 
Dr. Rosa and Dr. Hong were waiting very expectantly. And when Dr. Violet walked in, both of their eyes got as big as they possibly could get. There wasn't much that surprised an astronaut. Dr. Hong said, Mao? And Dr. Rosa exclaimed, Gatito? And Dr. Violet smiled and said, This is what I found in the nebula. And yes, Mao, Gatito, Cat, whatever you want to call it, that's what it looks like. Dr. Rosa asked, Can I hold it? And Dr. Violet handed it over. The cat started purring. Hola, gatito, said Dr. Rosa. Then Dr. Hong asked, shouldn't we put it back in the nebula? And Dr. Violet said, I was thinking the same thing. I didn't really know what to do with it once I found it, but here we are. And then it started breathing. What if we go and put it back into space and it can't go back to living in space and then it dies? And Dr. Hong nodded and said, that's a good point. We don't really know anything. They had a lot to figure out, but they decided they were going to keep the cat. Over the next couple days, they returned towards Earth. They watched the kitty. They tried to give her lots of names. They decided it was a she, although they couldn't really tell. They called her Space Chick, Ziggy Stardust, and you name it. But the cat kind of ignored them all. One thing they had discovered about the cat was that she loved honey. Dr. Rosa put some on his finger one day, and the little kitty just licked it off. And when she did, they saw that she had this really long tongue that had a little heart shape at the end. It was adorable, and it matched her really long tail, which she liked to wrap around their faces and necks as she walked by. They were having breakfast on the last day before they were supposed to go back to Earth. And Dr. Rosa looked over at Dr. Violet and said, Will you please pass the mail? The cat turned its head. And Dr. Violet asked the what? And Dr. Rosa said, the met. Oh, sorry. I mean the honey. Dr. Hong asked, did you see that? See what? Responded Dr. Rosa. And Dr. Hong told them, the cat turned its head when you said what you said. When I said what? Asked Dr. Rosa. Dr. Hong replied, pass the mel, I think. And when she said that, the cat turned its head again, looking at her. And Dr. Rosa said, oh. And Dr. Violet said, Pass. Nothing happened. Mel. And the cat turned its head. Mel? Asked Dr. Violet again. And the cat got up and started walking over to him. And he said, is that your name, Mel? And the cat jumped into his arms. And Dr. Hong and Dr. Rosa and Dr. Violet all started laughing. Oh my gosh, you just chose your name? And Dr. Rosa said, Mel is a perfect name for you. And the cat turned her head again. And Dr. Rosa told them, it means honey in Portuguese. Look at her eyes. And Dr. Violet looked into her eyes and they looked just like deep pools of glistening honey. He said, Mel, it is. They were all so excited. And there was something about naming her that made the decision clear. They had to figure out how to keep this amazing creature safe. Mission Murine Nebula, are you there? Mission Murine Nebula. Copy, are you there? Over. Dr. Violet jumped to the controls and he pressed a little button and said, Mission Control, this is Dr. Violet. We are here. We are approaching Earth's atmosphere. Over. Mission Control responded. Oh, so glad to hear. We don't know what happened. Over. It was the Nebula Mission Control. As soon as we opened the hatch door, the... 
feed was lost. Can you see visual as well? Asked Dr. Violet. He was hoping that they couldn't because then they would have to tell them about Mel the cat. Mission Control said, no, no, no video feed. That's still not working. Yes, thought Dr. Violet. He could see the other two relieved as well. Mission Control asked, everything okay up there? Did the mission go okay? Over. It was very successful, said Dr. Violet. Over. Mission Control replied, landing is still scheduled in 8 hours, 26 minutes. Confirm. Over. Dr. Violet said, confirmed. Over. One communication stopped with Mission Control. Dr. Violet looked over at his colleagues and said, what are we going to do to keep this cat secret? And how are we going to transport or move it once we're back on Earth? Dr. Hong had an idea. I think we should have the welcome crew bring us a cat carrier. Dr. Violet thought about that and said, I don't know. How would you feel if you went to a brand new place and they shoved you into a little box with a jail door? I don't think she would like that very much. Dr. Hong said, it's not really about what she likes right now. It's about what's going to keep her safe. Dr. Rosa said, I agree. We need something. But it would be pretty hard to hide a cat carrier. You know, I had a cat when I was a kid. His name was Frijole. And he was so funny. We would put a harness on him and a leash. And whenever he would take a step, he would jump up and down like a little jumping bean. Dr. Hong nodded. She said, I think that would work. Dr. Violet confirmed. All right, it's decided. He got back on the radio and said, Mission Control, this is Dr. Violet. Come in. Over. Mission Control said, Hey, Dr. Violet, what can we do for you? Over. Dr. Violet told them, We are going to need a uh, special delivery at the time of our landing, please. We are going to need a harness and leash approximately the size of a medium to large cat. Thank you. Over. Mission Control said, I'm sorry, did you just say a harness and a leash for a cat? Over, Dr. Violet responded. I sure did. It is top secret. And please do not tell this to anybody but the person who will be delivering the harness and leash. Over. Mission Control said, copy that, Dr. Violet. Over and out. The next day, the space pod re-entered Earth's atmosphere and landed without a problem. The pod door opened and Dr. Violet could see a welcome team. They started cheering and waving. There were video cameras. This was being recorded for the whole world to see, of course. A person approached Dr. Violet and said, Welcome home, Captain. And Dr. Violet said, Thank you, thank you. And then he leaned in and asked, Do you have that special item that I requested? And the person said, I do. And he reached back in his bag and pulled out a little leash and harness. Dr. Violet grabbed it and said, Thanks. Be right back. And he turned and went back into the pod. Dr. Violet slipped the harness onto Mel and she didn't complain. Then Dr. Rosa shoved her down his jacket and zipped it up. She curled up and started purring happily. The darkness reminded her of space. Then all three astronauts left the pod waving and smiling at the welcome crew and the cameras. A woman approached them and said, My name is Sahar. I will be your driver. I'll be taking you back to headquarters for the debrief. They had been expecting this because, of course, they had to go over what happened in the mission right away. They all scrambled into the van. And not long after they were in, Dr. Rosa started moaning. Oh, I don't feel so good. I don't know if I can go back to headquarters. Oh, goodness. He was really playing it up. I think it might have been those dehydrated hot dogs. I might need you to drop me off at home, Sahar. It's on the way. And Sahar, the driver, looked very uncomfortable. 
Oh, chicharrones, said Dr. Rosa. Dr. Hong was trying not to laugh because she knew he was faking it. Sahar asked, Dr. Violet, Dr. Hong, are you two feeling okay? And Dr. Hong said, oh, I didn't eat any of those hot dogs. Dr. Violet agreed, me neither. It's okay, Sahar, I can do the meeting over video. Sahar relaxed a little bit and she said, okay, um, okay, I guess tell me where you live. When they dropped Dr. Rosa back off at his house, he walked slowly towards his door. And then when the van was gone, he stood up straight and turned around and went to his mailbox. He had just closed the mailbox door when he heard a voice say, <gasps> Roger, you're back! And he turned to see his little neighbor Mary standing there. Hey, Mary, uh, yeah, I just got back. Then, something unexpected happened. Mel, who had been so still and quiet he almost forgot about her, started wiggling. Hey, I gotta go, Mary. We'll talk a little later, okay? But Mary had spotted Mel. She asked, What's that? He felt soft fur nuzzling under his chin. Is that a kitty? Asked Mary. When did you have time to get a kitty? Didn't you just get back? Before Dr. Rosa could answer, Mel jumped out of his jacket. As soon as her little paws hit the grass, she started lifting them up one at a time really high. She had never felt grass before. She had never felt anything on earth before. It felt squishy and cool and nice. Dr. Rosa and Mary both couldn't help it. They started laughing. <laughs> she looks like she's dancing, giggled Mary. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. Does she have a name? Can I pet her? But before waiting for an answer, she stuck out the back of her hand and Mel sniffed it. Then she gave Mary a big lick with her long, heart-tipped tongue and started purring loudly. I think Mel likes you. Whoa, her tongue looks like a lollipop. <laughs> Dr. Rosa said, pretty cool, huh? Then he grabbed the back of the leash and then walked forward and picked up Mel and said, Mary, I have to get going. I have a meeting. Oh, moaned Mary. Can, can you come over later and bring Mel? My mommy and I just made sugar cookies with frosting. They're so good. You got to try one. Come over. Tell us all about your trip. Bring Mel. It'll be so much fun. Please, please, please. Oh, please. Dr. Rosa looked at her. He was hesitant about bringing Mel to other people, especially because she was supposed to be a secret. But he did have to figure out what to do with her when he went to the office. He was going to have to go to the office tomorrow. He made a decision. He said, okay, Mary, let's do it. But if she gets scared, I'll have to bring her home right away. Yay, said Mary. She was so excited. He told her, I'll send your mom a message and ask what's a good time to come over. Okay? Mary said, anytime. Anytime's fine. He said, okay, Mary. Then Dr. Rosa took Mel to her new home. And that, my friends, is the end of the first story of Nebula Cat. Don't worry, there's going to be more. We got to find out what the heck this kitty can do. Thank you for listening to Nebula Cat Storytime. We hope you had fun. Meow. Nebula Cat is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs>